0: episode of Mostly Ghostly, the first episode of 2020, back with myself, Matthew Fisher, and my co-host, Ray Booten. Hey! How, uh, how you doing, Ray? Good. Doing good? Doing good. How's 2020 treating you so far? So far, treating me good, uh, been keeping busy. Yeah? Anything new you want to talk about? Uh,
1: well, I filmed a, uh couple of scenes in a movie last weekend. Very nice. film. Oh cool cool. How'd that go? Uh, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Once again in a film I died. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Anybody I know? Uh, Joe McGee. Locally it's based okay. on a book uh, Reflections. Oh He's cool. He's turning it into
0: a movie. Very nice. Did he write the book too? He wrote the book. Cool. Yeah. It's better when you write the book. Yeah. It's easier. Easier to catch the copyright. Uh, <laughs> Get the permission from yourself. And uh,
1: outside of that, uh, enjoying time with family, working on a few little things here and there. Cool. Very good, very good. Uh, almost done a screenplay.
0: Yeah. Oh, very yeah. nice. Very nice. That's what I like to hear. So keeping busy. Cool, cool, cool. Myself, too. Yeah, We just. I know we just did a shoot together. Um, this episode, I think we're going to kind of catch up with a little bit of... Um, we had a couple ghostly happenings uh with the show and uh the production company recently so we'll, we'll we'll chatter about that for a little bit um yeah the first thing i wanted to bring up is um while i was editing one of our last episodes you know our show, you know our show every now and then uh, the battery will die out so we switch up batteries in between and you know press record again and go at it again but um it was awkward there was a there was a couple there was a take in between um, the, the show, which was very weird, where it was the show, it was us talking, it cut out, we, we changed up, started recording again, and we kept up the conversation. But in between that dead time, there was a weird moment where you can hear shoes crawling across, not crawling, but walking across the floor, and they're like, it was almost like, like ladies' shoes, like high heels or something. Which was very interesting because none of us didn't even get up. We just kind of sat here. Uh, Audra wasn't with us that day or anything. And um, it was just real creepy. I'll probably put that audio clip in there for you guys to hear. Um, It's not really much to talk about. It's just kind of... It's just kind of footsteps. Do you know who lived here before? No, but I do know that this was a hotel or a motel at one point because this whole condominium was built around this area. This is the first installment, the first building to it, and this part was part of the hotel. And I'm sure bad things happened in a hotel because that's what happens in hotels, you know what I mean?
1: As you start talking about it, I start flashing on uh the lady. Mm-hmm. Heels, thin side, uh, what I would call blonde, but fake blonde. Yeah. Back in the day, we used to call it big hair. Okay. (laughs) All teased out. And she just kind of flashed in when you started
0: mentioning it. Really? With fake hair, do you think she could have been maybe... I don't even like to say, you know, maybe a working girl or something, and being a hotel, you well, know no respect if it if to no respect to that to that lady, I just throw out ideas from my head of a hotel, and um back in the day, fake blonde hair is kind you know very common now, but back in the day they might look at that as almost maybe you know well the hair not,
1: is, the hair is real, the
0: color's fake the color well, the color's fake, yeah, you know what I mean, um but Yeah, so you got a flash of her, you think? Was she happy, at least? Uh,
1: She wasn't happy. Actually, she uh, was a little older. I probably put her closer to
0: 50 years old. Oh, really?
1: Maybe she was dying her hair because it was starting to go gray? Uh, D name comes up. Something begins with a D. Diana? Could be, or just Diane. I'm not sure. Hmm. It's it's, it's not Dorothy. I know that.
0: Anyways, uh, that's what I flashed on. I didn't flash on anything. So, that's good. Well, rest in peace. We're thinking of you, if you're out there. Um, yeah, yeah. this part was a hotel for uh, many years throughout like, the 70s and 80s. Well, uh, yeah, in the 90s, I think, too. Sometimes flashing on.
1: Recently, several months back, mm-hmm. um, there's a road I take a couple times a week going back and forth on an errand. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and one time I was going down that road with someone else in the car who will remain nameless. And we passed the spot and they said, oh, look at that old house and the little girl in the window. Uh. Now, just as they're opening their mouth, I'm getting this flash of pure evil. Oh, no, let's keep going. Mm. So, uh, we went down the road, discussed it. I related. This person also was in the category of sensor sensitive, receives things, um, discussed it and gave my opinion, and um, we passed on down the road. Two things happened after that. One is since I go by there, when it happened immediately, I looked around quickly because we had just passed it to get a street number.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When I got home, I looked up the street, the number, the town. The number where the house was seen with the girl there was a guy who lived there um he's a pedophile and he also killed
0: mm.
1: he had killed and uh was recently executed and which is kind of unusual they don't execute too much anymore but mm. he uh he was executed he was a very nasty person what had happened was going down that road again with the same person, I said, okay, find the house. Yeah. Cannot find that street number and house anymore. Hmm. There's a gap in the street numbers. Now it's an empty spot. Okay. So basically, that is something that presents itself, is evil, hmm. and kind of reaches out into your mind to give you an image. Now, the person I was with has a good heart. Yeah. And they felt bad about this little girl in the window. Yeah. Myself was kind of like, no, that ain't no little girl. <laughs>
0: That's something trying to sucker us in or attach to us. So the house itself was like almost a ghost house where like it wasn't there. That The window that you've seen her in, that house was not there when you came back?
1: It was not there. We really, I've been unable to find it and have searched several times. But I did find a street address where yeah. it should be. I did find a history of a killer uh pedophile yeah who had lived there but the house is no longer there
0: that's dark trickery oh yeah that's what that was you know it was taking the taking the 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 the, the, the look of you know an innocent kid thinking that it would draw around other kids maybe or something into it kids or or people that it could manipulate yeah true possessed kind of in a way
1: But uh, that was an interesting one because I've done, I did the research. I've since
0: tried to search it out. It does not exist anymore. That's crazy, like the phantom house thing. I've heard stuff like that where, and it is, it's kind of like a a ghost house where, you know, you see it and then it's not there. It kind of goes back to that, my feel on, you know, ghosts are, if you're looking for it, like you're not really going to see it. But if you stumble into it. That's when you see stuff. That's what I think. Like, whenever I've ever kind of went to an area that was supposed to be haunted or something like that, and I was like, well, we're going to find ghosts, you know what I mean? You never you never see anything, but, like, when you're not expecting or you're not looking for it, that's when you see things.
1: They tap you when your guard's down. Yeah. One of the most difficult things to do in mediumship for most people, and I can remember working with different mediums, is to tell them, stop trying. Mm-hmm. Unless you're open, yeah. you will not get it. And as, as long as, as long as you're trying, you're pushing out. Mm. What you have to do is be able to receive. Mm-hmm. So when you're unaware, like in the car or you walk into a place, you're more likely to run into something than when you're seeking it and putting out your own energy. Mm-hmm. Unless that energy is going to feed it like a recording device or, or something. It may feed off that energy, but... No, when you're looking, you won't find it. When you're not unsuspecting, it will come at you.
0: I wonder why that is. You know what I mean? I wonder if maybe if if, if the spirit almost fears that you're looking for it for a reason that might not be positive, you know, maybe. If it, if it was a good spirit, like maybe you are trying to, you know, like exercise it, for lack of a better word, or like, you know, get it to leave a house where it is. Because we've talked about before where it's kind of like You know, it's their house, and they stay in the house because, you know, they don't know that they've passed or whatever, but that's their house, and they get angry when you change up their house and stuff like that. If it's a matter of just, um, you know, like a fear thing, or I don't know what it would be, you know what I mean? I think it it has a lot to do with the being open. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: We are connected. We don't realize it. We receive little messages all the time. Mm -hmm. We dismiss them as imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, that is why if someone is an empath or a sensitive, they have to learn how to put up boundaries and barriers
0: uh, to stop from being uh, either contacted or attacked. Mm-hmm. But if you were searching for it, you'd be you would be open too. You know what I mean? Uh, if you, you know what I mean? Depends yeah. on how you search. Yeah. If
1: if you take going back to mediumship and working with people, uh, they would be trying, trying, trying. The first thing I would say is stop trying. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, think of something else. Stop trying. Let your mind go blank. Mm-hmm. Okay, what popped into your head? And this this would be a class I would teach, and a seminar. And I would invite relatives of mine that passed. And someone would say, and I'd look at them and say, okay, just relax. What do you see? Ah, oh, there's an old lady here. Yeah. Huh? What about her? Oh, she's from an island. And I said, no, no, it's not your imagination. Just keep going. What's popping into your head? Let it pop into you. And they mm-hmm. give a whole different thing. Afterwards, I, I'd tell them that one of the people I asked to help me in the seminar was my mother, mm-hmm. who grew up on an island. Who, <laughs> yeah. maybe like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And I said, yeah, but you stopped trying and you let her speak to you. Yeah. You opened up. Now we're going to. Afterwards, I said, okay, now I'm going to teach you how to close because <laughs> you don't want them. You stay open. You're getting everything all the time. It drives you crazy. Right. When I first started, I used to hate to go to a mall because mm-hmm. all this stuff going on around and it's like, no, stop. So I learned to put up walls. Of sp- Spiritual? Spiritual. Recently, I was somewhere and I met, was talking to somebody mm-hmm. and, um, I, w- I was there, and uh, I was not alone. I walked away, and I came back, and they mentioned the person I was to the person I was with. There's something about him, and that person said, "You can't get it because he keeps his walls up." Then I went back and spoke to him, and they said, "Oh, you too. You talk to spirits as well." But they couldn't get a read, mm-hmm. but they knew something was different because I had my walls up. Yeah, and it was kind of like oh, there's a strange energy here that's bouncing me back. I can't read this person. What is it? They're Mm -hmm. different than someone else. And that's I keep that up all the time.
0: I don't want to be bombarded all the time. Right. Yeah. I can see it being irritating, you know what I mean, and and not, and like stressful, and not really being able to get away from, you know, because you got people in general can bother you like that, and then you get the spirit world too, chiming in.
1: You're getting emotions, you're getting feelings, you're getting... A whole ton of things that you don't have to mm-hmm. or should not be dealing with all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. The mall makes sense because you know if they were to say that ghosts or spirits would go to a place that they're, they frequent, you know, a place that they've been to a lot, like a mall, you figure a mall would be big. It's almost like um, when George Romero did the zombie movies, they started that they broke out of the cemetery into the malls and stuff like that because it was kind of a place they knew. You know what I mean? They go back to it. So I wonder if it's almost like that with, with the spiritual realm of just going, you know, back to them all because that's what they they
1: know. They may also travel with the, be with loved ones sometimes. I was in Salem one time and someone was with me mm-hmm. and uh, we're waiting to go on a tour and there's a couple there uh, with a young boy Yeah. and we're there and I said, "said do you see her? The person with me said, the blonde in the red coat. I said, yeah, with the uh, sandals on? I said, yeah, okay. She's with that she's with that couple. Hmm. And we're taking a tour. Later on, that couple is near us. Yeah. And they say, oh, so-and-so, which was a little girl's name, yeah. would have loved this if she were here. Uh. So I'm like, don't say anything. Don't freak them out. Don't say anything. Let them enjoy the memory.
0: Yeah, yeah. I felt like saying, she is here. She's here with you. yeah. In that field, you have to stay away from stuff like that because you could really send somebody for a loop dropping that on them. You, you know? You can. But sometimes it's, it's, it's
1: uh, a little bit fun. That same tour, <laughs> we, went, we went into a, uh, this building and they're talking about it had been a prison. Yeah. And they're talking about a lot of different things. And they said some employees have quit. They see an executioner walking around. I hear about that a lot with people who work in prisons.
0: Yeah.
1: And something didn't feel right. And this is near the end of the tour. So I, I'm going, yeah, 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 in my head. I'm going, nope, something ain't right. And I leaned against the wall. I bounced off the wall and went, oh, yeah. that's not an executioner. Think uh, priest or monk. The per- Said that to the person I'm with. They conclude by saying, the prison was built on the old site of a monastery. Hmm. Yes, nailed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's not the executioner. It's one of the monks that was here. Come on, guys. But executioner sounds better.
0: Mm. Yeah, prisons have got to be probably one of the most happening spots for stuff like that. You figure you have executions, you have suicides, murders, just the the dread, the depression of being in there. Um, Trauma, anything, everything. You know, the wrongly, if someone was in there for their whole life, that they were wrongly accused of something. I mean, that way, that... That, you know, the stress of that, I'm sure, weighs in heavy um, in a spiritual thing because of just that doom and gloom feel of, like, injustice, you know what I mean? Especially when you go back to stories of, you know, how they have a lot of African-American folks that went to jail for looking at people the wrong way or being yeah. set up because people didn't like them type deal. And then they die in prison, you know. It's uh, an awful thing. Yep. Yeah. They don't get to, uh, the government don't let them out and give them the $50 gift card to Walmart for putting them in jail for for (laughs) 50 years, you know what I mean? Those days weren't quite that way back in the day. No. Um, But yeah, yeah, we don't, do we have any shutdown prisons around here?
1: Um, I don't know. We have, in Rhode Island, we have a shutdown hospital they recently, uh, Memorial, I think it's Memorial Hospital, Mm -hmm. which was supposedly haunted yeah i think that they've decided to repurpose it and they're going to open something else in it mm-hmm. which should be interesting that should be uh because i know i worked at what used to be uh a hospital um uh, where basically they did a lot of deliveries mm-hmm. and i worked a security guard at night uh, when i was young i worked there and there were lots of stories and Little- of ghosts in there now if you have Birth is a good thing, but also the babies that die, those bash, that right? die in delivery, etc. Yeah. Later on, they repurposed the building into a nursing home. Huh. I ended up some, I don't know, about 30 years later, going in and working um, in housekeeping as an assistant manager in that nursing home. Yeah. We'd rewax floors at night, but then I worked... Around. There were sections of it in the nursing home, particularly in the basement, where... Um, one end had the cafeteria, the other end no one but wanted to go near, because mm-hmm. they constantly saw stuff. It was the morgue, maybe? That was where the morgue was. <laughs> yeah. It was part of the area where I would make my rounds as a security guard 30 years before. Yeah. And there were still sightings and still things. They also had a hospice center, so people, yeah. people yeah. passing. Um, so the building stayed haunted all those yeah. years, even though they repurposed it. And I think that the uh, hospital will probably stay the same way. Hmm. I know that uh, one place that is supposed to be haunted has actually gotten on a list is the Biltmore Hotel in Rhode Island. I've heard of that, yeah. Haunted. That's been investigated several times. Um, prisons, I don't know. I'm not sure about prisons. Any closed down. Uh, I would have to say if anybody is sensitive at all and you're going to go into a prison, you better be pretty good at putting your guard up and mm. protecting yourself.
0: You know, we shot um, The Haunting of Alistia movie I, I worked on a couple of years ago in this, like, mansion in Rhode Island. It was, like, Newburyport. Um, very old mansion. Uh, you know, it, it had the look of ancient times in it. And I remember I felt like i seen a few things on the staircase, you know, sitting, either whether it was sitting on the stairs or, like, you come around the corner, you look down, and you see someone scuttle off, like, the bottom, like, mm-hmm. you know, r- quickly. Um yeah, yeah, like, those mansions, whenever I think of man- old, old-timey mansions, I always think of, like, dark arts, the rich doing, like, satanic worship and all types of crazy things. They, the, they had their own black and white checkered room, which we've talked about before on the show. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a real creepy place. But uh, what do you think the most haunted location you've ever been in was? You think it might have been that hospital? Um, the hospital would have to be
1: up there. Mm-hmm.
0: It would definitely have to be up there. Um,
1: yeah, that was kind of a consistent mm-hmm. uh, thing. Even when, when I was young, it was haunted. Um, I can remember sometimes I would get called for security. I'd show up at the nurse's station working nights. And that would be just to walk a nurse down to another floor. or something. Yeah, they didn't even want to travel.
0: <laughs> alone. I don't blame them. Yeah. Alone in there. Yeah.
1: And yeah, a lot of those stories and a lot of the occurrences kept happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All those years later, and the place is still in business right now as a nursing
0: home. Hmm. Real estate. Yeah. That's, they just look at it as real estate. It's just, just the real estate. We get a uh, Hanson. Uh, has a mental hospital, TB hospital that we're gonna do a, I think a two part episode on later later and hopefully this year, um, and they I think they tore that down, and uh, I think they're planning on putting houses over it or something or condos. And I remember that place. We'll get into it in the episode, but we videotaped it. We you know, that's probably the most haunted place I've ever been because there was so much craziness going on in there, and it was just. With, with you know, the people dying from TB and stuff. There was a kid's ward in it. It was very creepy. Um, and just the whole mental hospital aspect to it. Because you figure a lot of those older places, like, they'd beat people. When they'd, when they'd be crazy, they'd just beat them. Yeah. To, and and to, to behave. And, you know, a lot of those people, the families kind of just kind of signed them over. Because they, what else can they do? You know what I mean? And I think a lot of folks were beat too too much, you know. Uh, well, being beaten generals too much, but beaten to the extent of dying. Okay. And I think I, you know, in my my head, I feel like those people were probably buried in the basement or something. Because they're not going to go call the the hospitals up and be like, hey, we beat this person to death. Come pick him up. Yeah. And the family's not looking for him. So they're just going to kind of put him somewhere. Um, well, They, in, you know, trouble. they were... Uh... Two
1: cemeteries in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. uh, very, very different. One being Swan Point, that's upscale.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: H. B. Love, we were talking before. Yeah, yeah. H. B. Lovecraft is buried there. Mm-hmm. There's one North Burial Ground, which still has, to the best of my knowledge, something you very rarely see. It has an entire section, very, very small stones. Most of them have numbers on them, mm-hmm. but they used to call it paupers mm-hmm. if no one has anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. What they did for many years, including uh, right up through the 60s into the 70s, and that section is still there. I don't know if they filled it up or not, is that if someone was broke and they died, Mm. is they would simply bring them. That's where they put them. Hmm. Nobody would claim the body. Nobody was there to claim the body. So you have a, an entire section. It's about the size of a football field. Mm-hmm. With all these little stones with numbers on them, all filled with the bodies of people who were alone, unwanted, no family. Hmm. And the rest of the cemetery, a uh, lot of legend about it being haunted. I know around Halloween they have ghost tours in there, yeah. etc. But they still have one of those uh, sections where if you were to take I don't know, someone who died, uh, whether it be in a prison or a mental institution or something, and they had nobody. That's where they used to put them. Hmm. Do you think a spirit would kill?
0: A, would care about an
1: unmarked grave? Um, I'd say it would depend a lot on the individual and mm-hmm. the spirit. Yeah. I've never walked through that section. I've been in there, though it's been a lot of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, quite a few years ago. But I always went to other... Sections where they had mausoleums and different things, and old sections. I, for no particular reason, I just never went in that section there. Yeah. I've
0: seen it. Just it just randomly didn't go in, or you tried to stay out of it? Randomly. Okay. Just random. Looked at it. It wasn't interesting. Mm.
1: I see this creepy old mausoleum over there with these gargoyles on it or something. I said, oh, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, you know, being a kid, that's what interests me more. Is
0: that the one that you got to get into? Yeah. But it's, Takes uh... Takes big balls. Ray's got big balls over there. But it's, uh... Yeah.
1: You don't see that much anymore. Yeah. And actually, if you're driving... It's in Providence. If you're driving on 95 mm-hmm. and you're going north and you go past the Branch Avenue exit and you're starting to see a sign for... I think it's Springfield Avenue? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And you look off to the right; you can see the cemetery, and then you can see that field, and hmm. all all the markers. Hmm. So it's right next to the highway. They built the highway next to it. Built the highway over it. I don't know. About, <laughs> I don't know about that part, but I know that uh, it's something.
0: So when you went, in, you went into this mausoleum. Yeah. How was explain? Give us a little uh, walk us through this real quick. Well, first of all, it was in my youth, her, yeah.
1: very young teenager, reckless, uh, not very respectful of things, uh, found a mausoleum where the door was not locked. Mm-hmm. Went in, and there was an opening in the floor, and there were stairs that went down.
0: Yeah.
1: So I went down, and basically it was like catacombs yeah. with all the caskets and all the burial places on all the walls. I thought, being probably around 12, 13 years old at the time, I thought that was cool. I was just exploring.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I
1: I was not frightened by it, intimidated. I just like, wow, look at this. Most of my friends were like, what the hell are you doing? I'm out of here. And I I was like, this is cool. You never see that.
0: Nope, they didn't want any part of it. I always thought it was cool, but I never would have the guts to go down into something like that. I remember once I was working for a wedding company doing... um, assisting DJs, which is where DJ Stan, the man came from. And uh, they sent me to a, a funeral home once because they were doing like a tribute video and they wanted me to go set up the TV and DVD player and all that. And I got there and I went in and there was nobody. There was nobody. I'm like, hey, hello. And there was no, nobody came up and I was walking around a little bit. And those are the creepiest places of all time, you know. And uh, I came to this door that was open and I looked down, and it was, like, straight out of a horror movie. It was, like, the door that goes into, like, where they do all their work. And I was, like, no fucking way. Am I going down those stairs? Like, nah. But, uh, yeah, going into a mausoleum type deal like that, going underground, that's creepy. Like, I love it. I think it's the greatest thing in the world. Nowadays, I'd do it. I'd still be scared. But when I was, like, 12, 11, 12, 13, that that, that wasn't, that wouldn't be my, uh, in my lunch bag, you know what I mean?
1: I think some of that attitude helped me when I was a security guard because um, when that place I mentioned and when it was a hospital mm-hmm. is that the room where they stored all the drugs mm. was in a basement next to the morgue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you had to pass one yeah, to get to the other. Yeah, you yeah. had to go buy it. And whether it was they're bringing somebody in or out or... What well, was it? Wasn't creepy mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, it was sad. Mm-hmm. If you saw, uh, I think they call it a gurney.
0: Yeah,
1: with a small body on it, then you yeah. knew it was a, it kid. was it was a kid. Yeah, and that was sad. That is sad. Yeah. Was I creeped out? No, I was more concerned with making sure no one broke into the drug room <laughs> and the lockers.
0: Yeah, I hate on that.
1: But whenever I walked by the uh, morgue, I peek in the window.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: just out of curiosity oh that's what it looks like in there and then keep going I wouldn't go and yeah. I had no reason to
0: you ever see him working on somebody No. Nope. the chop
1: shop nope nope I work, I work the uh, third shift going at midnight get out at 8 in the morning
0: that's my shift those, those are my type of hours
1: uh, actually the most activity you ever had there besides the people getting freaked by ghosts was um, in the parking lot chasing people off trying to break into cars or them. makes sense I had to do your rounds and then keep an eye on that uh, parking lot. Yeah. So I don't know what a twenty-something-year-old security guard was supposed to do except call the police and maybe shout.
0: Mm, true. They want they want you there to scare them off, though. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, the morgue they just kind of put them on, put them in the freezer. They wouldn't really. They send them off to the funeral home. They get yeah.
1: dissected and all that, right? Yeah. But once they got the certificate of death and stuff, then it's gonna kind of freeze them and uh, contact the funeral home. They come to pick up. Hmm.
0: Yeah, funeral homes must be must have. I, I assume the funeral homes would have some serious, you know, juju to it. Not because they died there, but just because a lot of them probably find out that that's where they're dead when they see themselves on the table. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or do you think they don't even... you think they're no longer with the body? Or you think that they would kind of stick with their body to kind of be like, you know, what's going on here?
1: Um, I can think of two things. One yeah. is their attachment to the body. Right. Know? Then if you're going back to, and I think we... Either in a conversation or maybe in a previous episode, um, where the attachment to the body keeps the person here yeah. to a place or to the body. They won't release. Mm -hmm. Then they might end up in the funeral home and that's where they end up staying Mm. because they're holding on to the body. The other is that in several cultures there's a gap between when you die and when you move on. Mm -hmm. And in that gap you're in an in-between place. Mm. And if they're in that in-between place and something is happening and they get trapped there, uh, the trapping could be an emotional response. It could be the uh, severe attachment. Um, they don't complete the step of moving on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and typically in, a, in many cultures, that period of time is three days. There it is. It's a, th- a three-day period. It's a uh, period where you're in a limbo, so to speak. Mm. Different names for different um, in different cultures, but you're there before you move. Mm and then you move on afterwards. That could explain the funeral home. Yeah. Particularly the person that, whether they died violently and don't want to give up, the, if they're not at the place where they died yeah. and they held on to the body for a while or the person who's attached to the body in this world and just won't let go, hmm. they may be, if they're still near the body and aware in spirit, traumatized by what's going going on to the body. Right. Of course. And angry. They don't let go. That's where they're
0: trapped. So if, if the body's there for like three days, at the end of that three days you think that's like an end of that end of that cycle where like, that's where they'd get locked in? Or you think they just would because their body's eventually going to leave that building, you know what I mean? I think they get locked in before that. Yeah.
1: Just just like if you have a, whether it be a, a car accident, uh, someone dies uh, violently, someone is murdered in a building, mm-hmm. they're stuck there. Mm-hmm. I think that Whatever causes that trauma in spirit, or whatever attachment they had to this world, it may occur that they get stuck at the funeral home, Hmm. if not at the site of the trauma. Hmm. But, yeah, probably is somewhere in that gap where they're not open to moving on. Mm -hmm. There's, uh, even in the U.S., there's a place called... um, Well, I won't mention the name of it, but there is a place where people go and they study, and what they do is they work with people who are passing. Mm -hmm. Because in there, they teach you to go to that in-between place Mm -hmm. and help these people pass from there in spirit onto the next step. Mm -hmm. So they teach you through meditation and different techniques to be with, when you know a person is dying, Mm -hmm. to be there, to pray and meditate with them. And when they pass, to actually go with them to the in-between place help them pass on, and you come back here. Uh, it's a place, I think it's Atlanta or somewhere down south. I'm not going to mention their name, but they've been around for quite a few years, and um, that's one of their specialties.
0: Hmm.
1: I actually knew a minister who uh, studied down there for that purpose to help people.
0: Hmm. Very good.
1: With lots of, lots of reasons to be trapped.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, but, um... Well, the three days of death we we're talking about before the show started up um, and we we're talking about how the different religions had the three days stick with different religions yeah you were saying like the the Jewish have a, have a belief for it and uh, the Christians have had a belief for it with Christ was it three days before the return
1: uh yes um, also with the in the uh, Jewish I forgot what that might have been sure, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. uh, as a place where you went and you were basically kept safe. Mm-hmm. And in, now, when people look at Judaism now, they mm-hmm. look at it in what is probably referred to by many people as rabbinical Judaism. If you go back to around the time of Jesus, there are about eight or nine different sects of Judaism.
0: Yeah.
1: So there were different ones with different variations on a belief.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but the idea was that you were there and then in some of them you could come back or you could move on. Mm. And it goes back to an old, you have a current prayer um, that taught the children at night. It goes back, it's a variation <clears throat> addressing the same sort of thing as a place to go in the older, and some of the older Jewish
0: groups but that now I lay me down to sleep, mm. um, I pray. I pray the Lord my soul. No, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul, soul to, to keep. keep. If I should die before awake, I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. To take, yeah. and there's
1: a very big difference in the old translations between keep and take. Mm-hmm. Keep is that safekeeping, which is the same, very similar to that three-day period when someone dies. That safe place to keep. If you die. You take the soul, you go back to heaven.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, there is the guff, the whole of souls, where yeah. all the souls come from, and then God takes the soul back. Um, as I said, there are variations on it, um, and how we um, define it, it's, it's very difficult currently, because mm-hmm. we look at things through current eyes. If you look at the things in the eyes of Let's say Judaism at the time, <clears throat> with the different belief systems, mm-hmm. you have the story of the Good Samaritan. Well the Samaritans were not from Samaria. Samaritans was a competing Jewish group for the temple. They believed the temple had become corrupt and had their own worship. So it was it was a different group. And then you have people say Essenes, well S es- and then they say, Oh, from Qumran. Well, they were actually two different groups, mm-hmm. one from the northern area, one from the southern area. And it just breaks down each having different variations then as for as opposed to how people look at things now. And that goes from culture to culture when you start looking at beliefs. Um, we tend to look in the eyes that we have now, but if you look at old writings and study the period at the time, oh, we're making assumptions from the 21st century that don't belong, belong in the 1st century mm. or even uh, earlier than that. Yeah. Okay. Those assumptions don't belong here. It was different back then. So we have to keep that open mind to look at it and see what they actually thought and why they thought it, and not put our viewpoints on top of it. Hmm.
0: Yeah, the 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 keep and take aspect. I never really, I never really thought uh, much into that. But that was interesting when you brought that up. The keep of kind of keeping it close to and protecting it, and then returning it in the morning
1: yeah. when you rise. Mm-hmm. If you don't rise, taking the soul to heaven. Yeah, it's a very different thing than uh, what we tend to look at now.
0: It, so it goes deeper than like a children's prayer, you know what I mean? Much deeper. Yeah. Much deeper. Very interesting. We, um, we also did a shoot this, uh, in in the, in the, in the in in between time. Um, we went to a special house. Uh huh. You know, we'll we'll break into that for a little bit. It kind of goes back a little bit into the earlier, the earlier story a little bit, but we won't give anything away yet. But, uh, Myself and Ray and some other people. We were doing a new short film. And um, we were shooting in a house. um, And within the house, um, we had kids, which are always, you know, they always say, don't work with children or animals. But our our children were very nice, very good kids. They did a great job. But um, I had a little situation, and it goes a little something like this. So... We were, uh, we were shooting some angles of um, our main characters talking to some children. They do birthday parties. Um, and so I got the, the, the their point of view coming in over the shoulder to look at the kids and tell them, you know, hey, the party's about to start and all that good stuff. And then when we flipped it to get the other angle, uh, I you know, I told the kids, I said, all right, you guys are great. You know, you wrap for the day and go home. And, yep. And I jumped into where they were sitting and I had to get the reverse shot of uh, the folks coming up. And when I was sitting there everybody we were kinda of talking and, and, and figuring out the shot or getting ready to do a take of it. And I heard this growl behind my head. Um, and it was like it was it was loud but everybody was talking, so I feel like I felt I felt like I was the only one who heard it. And I remember at that point, I turned to the homeowner who was sitting not too far away, and I said, did you hear that? And um, she said, yeah, I heard that. And then uh, somebody's voice said it was the wind. And because we were like in a go, go, go pattern, um, I didn't think much of it, because like you don't expect when you're in a brightly lit room with a bunch of people and you hear something, you don't expect that it would be something like that, spiritual realm type stuff um, so I kind of brushed it off and we went back to shooting and, um, at the end of the day, I was talking to the homeowner and, uh, she told me that in that house she's had, you know, she woke up before and she had, she's seen an apparition floating above her, very Ghostbuster style. And, um, the one, the, the creepy bar was, uh, she said in right behind me, there was a, um, was like this little window sill that was kind of hollowed out where you could put like you know put things in the window in front of the window and she said that she used to have a plant that would hang in that window and it would move by itself every now and then it would just kind of spin which after hearing those two stories I wonder why she still lives there I was like I don't know if I'd (laughs) still be there um so that was creepy and um after I heard that up I hit up Ray And I said, Ray, did you feel anything in that house? And Ray did. He he got a sense of something that, you know, like an angry spirit in there type thing. And I said, well, I'm going to... Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about it or... No, I walked in, I felt it, and I put kind of like
1: reinforced my walls. Yeah, yeah. I was there to be part of the film, not to deal with what was in there. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, um... I'm gonna put another layer of cement on
0: these barriers yeah. and walls and stuff. That I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Nope, nope. Stay away from me. So after me and Ray talked, I went. and I did a little research, and um, I I jot I, I down the address. Uh, I put that in the search engine, uh, looked it up to see what you know if anything crazy happened there. And um, there was a guy that died uh, in like '93 and '94 that came up. Uh, I won't say his name, um, but I, I, looked into him and he was, um, he was someone that had, uh, he, he got himself in trouble with the law for, um, like it was, uh, like a sex crime. And I didn't go any further into it than that because the, what the, I did like the people search and. If I wanted to go further to read the files, I'd have to pay money, which I wasn't going to do. But uh, sex crimes was enough for me. And I started thinking to myself, you know, that's really weird. And then it hit me, you know, a sex crime. Um, And it was. uh, For some reason, I felt it was. It was chill. It's been a little while since I did the thing. So, like. I got this feel of like pedophilia type deal. Like I thought there was some type of pedophile thing involved with it. Now thinking back on now, it could have been. Um, I almost say that like uh, that there was something about children in that sex crime thing, but I didn't dive too deep into it. But then it clicked in my head of when did I hear the growl? And I heard the growl when I told the kids they were done for the day. And when that when I realized that, I creeped myself out so much I couldn't sleep. The rest of the day, I was just, it, 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 you know, you know when you get that, when something hits you and comes together and you just get that feeling of dread, it was like that, and you know, it was just completely creeped out, like, with what it, like, that I gave attention to, and so, like, it was in the room with me dread, you know what I mean, and it was just, like, creep me the fuck out, I couldn't get back to sleep, and, um, yeah, I, 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 I talked to Ray, I told him about what I found, I talked to the homeowner. She was very creeped out, as anybody would be. Um, but yeah, it was a, that was a wild that was a wild feel. That was done the, the latest project. So yeah, that that creeped me out. That was quite a story. Um, but yeah, that tied into the like the pedophile thing from earlier with that house. Well, That's the cool. other thing too is when you did your research, that person lived in that house. He lived in that house. I think he died in that house as well. Okay, there's there's your there's your big connection right there. Yeah. It's, um, and he had the weirdest name, too, that I'm not going to say. His name was so weird that, like, it felt like a character, like, there would be in some twisted movie. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, like, a, you know, more so since we started the show, like, and I hear Ray talk about giving things power and stuff. I don't like to. I tried not to, when I was younger, you know, I was all about that stuff, like, we'd go looking it, and we'd taunt, we'd, like, taunt spirits, and try, cause we'd want to see stuff, and um, I'm not that way anymore, uh, I'm more cautious now, but, uh, yeah, that was really, that was dark, I remember that really shook me up for a couple of days, I felt bad for the girl who had to live there, but, you know, there was other people that lived there with her, so it was kind of, it was smooth, yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was, it was crazy, you know, because you have something that, that evil, you know, like pedophilia, which it don't get much worse than that. You know, you're killing off the innocence of like a child. You know, I think that's, that's like a terrible thing. You know, whenever conversations pop up about like, you know, terrible acts and stuff, I always consider, you know, pedophile stuff or rape stuff. Like, just as bad as murder, you know what I mean? Because you are kind of, you are murdering the innocence in that person, you know what I mean? They're, they're never going to be the same. Um, it's really, it's like a twisted twisted subject. Um, but yeah, it also reminded me kind of that there's another story we had when we were on set, which it wasn't really ghostly or anything like that, but it was just a bad vibe where we did this short film once uh, called Victoria, Um, it's on the Grindsploitation Blu-ray from Troma Entertainment, if anybody wants to go pick it up. And, um, you know, it was, it was a short that kind of focused on the devil a little bit. And I grew grew up in the church, so, like, I never really dabbled with devil stuff. I know other filmmakers that get into the devil stuff heavily. And it, 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 for me, it's too real. Like, it's not, I think a lot of people look at it like it's a fairy tale, But like to me, it's very real. So I always stayed away from it, away from it for the longest time. And we did a um, like you said, we did the short on it. And in the short, there was like pentagrams, and there was uh, there was cast all like uh, cast that we had cast naked. There was like it was like I figured if I was gonna do like a satanic you know devil type short film I was going to go all out with everything I've ever you know seen in in, in devil movies so to speak because I wasn't going to be go, treading back into those waters again anytime soon <laughs> and uh yeah I remember that we, we showed up to that location to shoot that and the there was such just bad energy that whole day um the guy who owned the location who was very cool um uh, up and always been very cool up until that point, and even after that point, he was cool. But he got the, we got there, and you know, uh, let's say you know he had, he had a few drinks, you know what I mean. He was having, he was going through a weird dark thing that that week, um, to the point where I almost contemplated canceling the shoot, you know, for him. And he said, "No, just do it." And um, we were, yeah, we were like, "All right, cool." So we came in and he, he got really, you know, he, he got really drunk, we'll say, and, um, yeah, he just kind of, you know, at one point, he kind of snapped, and he, like, freaked out, and was just going crazy, and, you know, luckily, it was towards the end of the night, where we had just about everything, we needed one more scene that we got, we got somewhere else, but, yeah, he had a big freak out. I remember he was upstairs. Yeah, at one point, he got in my face like he wanted to beat me up and stuff. Um, just craziness, you know. There, there's people. We had, we had good relationships with people on that film. The, the relationship kind of left after that film, which I don't know if I'd blame the film, but I do blame. I have a little blame on that negative edit. I think, at, you know, doing that project didn't help anything, you know what I mean? But it was. Um, it was it was crazy. Now I know you've, you've you've been acting for a long time too. Have you ever dabbled in like a film project that you thought might have been a little too dark to get into? Uh,
1: not yet. Mm-hmm.
0: I got um, they're out there. Don't worry. Well,
1: <laughs> actually, um, I have ideas for screenplays. Mm-hmm. One I'm almost done. Yeah, and um, they're all dark.
0: Well, that's good. No, I do dark. Is *Satanic* dark? See, tr- uh,
1: no, one of them was that based on reality. Yeah. Something that happened, actually happened to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just going to twist it a little bit, maybe, at the end. Yeah. Just twist it at the end. Um, but that was an attachment mm-hmm. type of situation. And uh, another one is basically good versus evil. Okay. The uh, type of thing. Um, the other are farther down the line. Those are the two that I'm kind of working on simultaneously mm-hmm. now. Um, is there a darkness to them uh well the first one is creepy the second one the good versus evil has a very dark aspect to part of it mm-hmm. um, very nasty and dark yeah part to it yeah um, and that's going to take some kind of work to get through
0: yeah like I feel comfortable with you around on stuff like that because you know the spiritual side of it and like I feel almost like you could protect us from anything dark <laughs> like that but um, yeah we went into that project like unprotected in my personal life we had a lot of crazy shit like my I had a, my, my parents uh, their, my sister was living there with her kids and stuff they almost they, it was like a uh, uh, what do you call that the carbon monoxide there was like a leak in the house and they almost like died. Um, my dad fell asleep with a cigarette, b- burnt his leg. His leg like caught on fire, and there was a like there was a bunch of like crazy things that just happened around this project. And like I felt that it was kind of attacked because of my beliefs. Where like I I like I said I don't get into that shit typically. Like I don't I don't like to mess around with that stuff. And for whatever reason we did it for that. And I feel like because we did it, like we were attacked. You know. And I, believe, so, and I believe in that stuff. But I know how you feel about opening doors and stuff, you know, and closing them. Do you think even making a film? Yeah, right? Yes, definitely. It would, right? Definitely, yeah. Definitely. And if you're
1: talking about a situation where there are people stressed or going through rough times, they're putting out a lot of mixed energy right, right there. Then you're bringing the film in. You're using the symbolism and the whole storyline. Uh, you're stirring the pot. Yeah. You're, you're, you're getting things
0: up there. Mm-hmm. I think somebody passed in his house too. I won't go into that because it was, you know, personal stuff. But like, yeah, there was, yeah, there was so, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna go into that. But um, it was definitely it was a, it was probably the weirdest energy vibe I've ever felt on a set. Um, very very crazy, and I still like I wouldn't go back to dark like with that project was like dark for the sake of being dark and you know there was like a ritual in it with like it was fake blood and stuff of course but it's blood you know if people are if people are believing in what they're saying and there's chanting in it of like it was very dark like i don't even know why i did it realistically you know what i mean it's one of those weird (laughs) things that like That was just crazy that, you know, we had the, there was like a pentagram with blood, there was candles, there was chanting. um, And they just, I think a lot of people just kind of took it for face value that it was some fun short. And like I said, like, that's what it was. But like, because to go back to the open, the open thing with, with spirits is like, I felt like I was open to it because I knew in my heart of hearts, I shouldn't be doing it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And it was just, like, it was kind of, like, doing it is making a mockery kind of of it. And, um, yeah, like, I don't know why I did it. It made it, it's probably what it was, it was, we made it for those anthology films. and It happens to be probably one of my favorite ones. But it was just, like, because there's so much around it and, like, yeah, it was just super dark. But, yeah, I'd never, I don't think I'd ever, like, I don't think I'd ever get direct something or put myself into something is dark, is, 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 you know, the, the devil, the devil's like a vicious subject. I think it's, it's very, you got to really tiptoe and be careful with what you're doing. And especially like, if you don't, if you don't have the ability to like turn it off after, I think you just open a door of negativity and.
1: Well, if you accept that maybe there's something out there Mm -hmm. and then you are making a film that mocks it, Mm -hmm. it's not going to like it. No. You're in a, you're drawing it or opening a door there. Yeah. The other thing, too, is what you may do by accident. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about, well, first of all, it depends on where did you get your symbols. They might have actually been potent symbols
0: you didn't realize if you didn't do your background work on it. What's even weirder about the symbols is I just I opened up a notebook and I just started writing uh, off the okay. top of my head. I don't know where they came from. I just made all these triangles and different shapes with lines and dots. And who knows what it meant? You know what I mean? Okay,
1: that, that might fall, fall in the category of sigil. Yeah. A no. personal thing. A mm-hmm. power symbol. But um, a, a different topic. Yeah. The other thing, too, is like you had chants. Where'd you get the chants? The chants? You said people were chanting?
0: Oh, chants. Oh. Um, I made them up, too. You made them But up they were still dark. You know what I mean? Yeah, I... I I, even at that era in my life, I was smart enough to know not to pull any real anything real to put into it, you know what I mean? But if you take a look at a lot of cultures,
1: yeah, sound mm-hmm. is a vibration, and sound can be used to summon. Mm. Um, While well, you have prayer, yeah. Gregorian chants, many Native American songs mm. for different reasons. Um, you have drumming, there's something called shamanic drumming, yeah. drumming 120 beats a minute. Hmm. Which takes you into an altered state. Hmm. These are all sounds that are used, and the sound and the vibration can be used for good, mm. hmm. or for evil, and summon evil. Mm-hmm. Um, quite often, if someone is casting spells, it's done in the form of a rhyme or a chant. Yeah. So, so are summonings.
0: Mm.
1: So you may have, if the people at the time are playing the part of something evil and you purposely tried to create a chant that sounded evil, Yeah, you may have been more successful than you realized in that you set up a vibration that brought in. Now, you start mixing in these symbols. Yeah. You mix in the chants. The trauma that's going around on with people, including the person that's there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're bringing all of this together in that spot. Yeah, there's a pretty good chance you opened up a door. Something happened.
0: Yeah, I think we did. I think we did. That was... Uh... That was a, that was yeah that was
1: something else. You also don't know if you have all the actors involved, mm-hmm. unless you brief them or whatever. Um, you don't know that what was running through their mind when they're doing chance and looking at symbols.
0: Yeah, like I feel there's probably like three or four I can think of right now that probably were into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it might have been a little too far into it. Well, I know that this. Well, I know that certain people that were on that set did did have tried to call out dark spirits and stuff before. And if Ben and um, I, there was a story of one of them that uh, did some crazy shit in their house and like started seeing shadow people and stuff in their house, I remember them telling me a story of that. And just like
1: so, what was running through either the front or the back of their mind? Whatever thoughts may have popped mm-hmm. in and out, lent itself to the power behind those chants. Mm-hmm. They put that meaning into those chants.
0: Yeah. Well, that person, that person with with the with the, the shadow people was you was you know kind of like a negative person to begin with. You know what I mean, in the sense of like like the negativity and stuff. You know what I mean, and, and the, like that whole dark thing. Not saying they're a bad person. I'm just saying mm-hmm. they kind of they thought that was cool and somewhere you know they you know they they were highly interested, I guess, and uh, stuff like that. But yeah. The, um, it goes back to that whole thing that we've talked about before with, like, certain people that don't kind of have, have, like, maybe a religious background or stuff like that that just go, oh, well, all religions mumbo-jumbo, you know what I mean? So when they don't, when they're in a situation like that, they'll get into it thinking, you know, it's nothing. Like, remember we were talking about, um, you could buy something on Amazon. A ring, was it? For the oh. gin? Um, yes, a, they have rings and stones to bind gin. Yeah, where people think it's just some friend, like, in you know, Ouija boards being sold in, in the, the children's section of stores. Yep. Like, they don't, like, they, people are just, ah, it's just a game, or, you know, it's just a saying, just a chant, no big deal, you know. I don't believe in that stuff anyway. It's like, even if they don't believe in it, it's still doing it, it's trouble.
1: Yeah, it you is. You know what I mean? Um, You're also tapping into other things. Um... In the quantum world, mm-hmm. as far as vibration and energy, yeah. and even even once you start talking about uh, physics and quantum physics in, in particular and stuff, you start talking about the universe. Then they, then you go into the multiverse, mm-hmm. and multiple dimensions. I think Einstein was the one that said uh, matter is energy slowed down. Yeah, um, there's a whole lot that goes in that, and we are electrical. Mm-hmm. beings i mean our hearts work electrically right. our brains function electrically we have energy um, when we stop putting that energy out there we're not isolated from the rest of the universe and the things around us and we're not isolated from other dimensions or other universes yes. there's crossover you open doors mm-hmm. and it can be very simple whether it is a ouija board or someone trying to bind a spirit uh whether it be a gin or something else to get, gain control over it um you're playing with some tricky stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And you don't have to be necessarily religious mm-hmm. to admit that, yeah, there's more than just our physical body and there's a the potential for that other stuff to be there.
0: Yeah. I think part of, you know, the greatest trick the devil ever did was making people think he wasn't real. That's yeah. very powerful. That's a very powerful statement. And I think that's even more more powerful nowadays, where, you know, it's kind of, you know, people don't, you know, they look more of the devil as the cool guy, you know what I mean? Well, like yeah, it's just they, they, they,
1: there's a TV show where, old hat, on, you know? on Netflix, where the devil is uh, sometimes evil, but a lot of times good or cool.
0: Yeah, trying to trick people.
1: And it's kind you of like great? I mean? um Evil is evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and evil typically is a trickster as in presenting as a little girl in a house
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, many other forms they say the devil comes to you in everything that you, in the form of everything you want mm. I mean if the devil were nothing but an evil beast all of the time and that's how it all presented no one would have a problem from staying away
0: right <laughs> true yeah
1: devil is the trickster
0: yeah it's true it's like it's one of those weird things that you know that you know I always think it's funny when people think that, like, not funny, but, you know, weird that people think that, like, if they that if they were cool to, you know, the devil, so to speak, that you know, he'd be my friend, you know what I mean? Which I always think is very weird, because I know people that are like that. Well, if I, you know, give praise to him or whatever, he'll help me and stuff, and it's like, well, I don't know, man. Maybe, like, you might... It like he's helping you, but, like, yeah, he's going to get you in the end type deal. Yeah. Not your best interest in mind. It's weird, yeah, because, you know, I think the... The, um... Like, this Like, outside of... Like, there's a... I don't know if it was, Satan, The Satanists, like, Satanist or whatever, they, like like, they say that, you know, it's not a worship the devil thing, it's just like, uh, you know, it's beliefs in certain things, you know, one of them being like, you know, just take, you know, worry about yourself and not other people type deal, you know what I mean? Have you ever heard that? Uh, Like, it's a way how they like to polish it up to make it look not so bad, where it's like, well, yeah, we're this, but it's like, it's just because we really believe that, you know, look out for your own back and nobody else's if you can succeed if you. there's got also to... a hedonistic
1: uh, aspect to it mm-hmm. as far as uh, the, the view on what uh, enjoying life is etc mm. um, yeah they like to distance themselves pretty much from yeah the worship of the devil yeah that's what they that's what they work on distancing themselves from uh, not Very familiar, or haven't paid that much attention.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I don't know a lot of
0: detail about them. I was listening to a video recently about uh, Masons. I don't know if you ever got into that, like Illuminati stuff. A little bit. And they have, um, (laughs) they have, um, they say that like as you're going through the degrees. that they, it's kind of like a satanist thing, but they don't let let on. You got to get to a higher up level of it to actually realize what you're worshiping type deal. Because they say that there's people that are Christian that are part of the, the, this the Mason, They the the, 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 the join the Mason Brotherhood, whatever they call it. And I, I yeah. knew a Christian preacher that was a Mason. Yeah, like that's what it was, where they think they're doing, they think that it's not really a bad thing, but then once they get to a higher level, they realize that it is like what they're worshipping, at least, or what they're praying to, or what they're putting their faith in, is a, a negative thing. It's not. Like, they'll let you think that, yeah, you can be Christian and believe in God and all that, and that, you know, it it is what it is, but while you're feeding this machine, like, what you're feeding the beast, so to speak, you know what I mean? Well, whether it be the nations or not, I don't, well, not not giving beef to the Masons because we don't want to get killed up or anything like that. <laughs> but um,
1: even if it's not, any larger organization like that, mm-hmm. typically you have an inner core and yeah. they have their goals and then you have the followers and they have what they perceive the goals of the organization is. Yeah. And it's not that uncommon for there to be... a conflict between the two or a difference mm-hmm. uh, where the follower is blind to what's going on. If you take a look at, um, you switch gears a little bit mm-hmm. in that if you have someone who is, um, let's say you have someone who is enlightened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm switching away from the negative to yeah. the positive. And that person is trying to teach someone else. Mm-hmm. That person learning will always see it different until the moment they become enlightened, whatever you choose enlightenment to be. Yeah. Because they are not in that state. Mm -hmm. If you go to an organization where, has an ulterior motive, they may present one way, they're going to keep the people in that kind of blind state. Right. Because they're not going to give them that knowledge that opens their mind so that they can see what's really going on. Mm -hmm. They don't want that. They want followers. It's the, the jokes they have about the society teach people enough to think not yeah. not to actually think
0: yeah but for them to think that they know yeah and then you give them what you want them to know it's like manpower you know they use yeah. it's like if you're they're gonna use all these people to build let's say a bomb you know they're gonna say that the bomb is for good mm-hmm. you know what i mean and then yeah. when it's too late after the bomb's built then you find out well oh no it's gonna kill a bunch of people
1: yeah and of um, course they're gonna put you in the front row to watch it when they tell you about this wonderful thing <laughs> exactly. and that you the evidence.
0: Exactly. It's true. It's true. It's dark but true. But yeah, we're um we're a little over an hour now. So I think we'll wrap up this episode. But we'll see y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghost.